Shalom, shalom, peace. My name is Dorsey Savage, and this is The Threshing Floor. Um, it's interesting how this ministry began. And, um, initially, I wanted to talk about uh, different things in the Word of God, but God keeps bringing me back to this particular topic. Um, so the name of this particular topic is going to be the Judas generation. Uh, we're going to talk about the disciple Judas Iscariot. Um, there's not much teaching on the disciple Judas Iscariot, but I believe that it's imperative to identify the spirit that created Judas because we're going to find that it's a, a spirit that's prevalent in this last day. It's going to be a very prevalent spirit in the church. And it's the spirit of betrayal. It's the uh, a spirit that dips in the dish. And so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to look at the name Judas Iscariot. Uh, the Bible is a book of names. If you don't understand anything, you must understand that the Bible is a book of names. Uh, every, every name in the Bible represents a particular type of consciousness, not just a person, but a particular type of consciousness. So if you can find yourself in that particular consciousness, you can, you, you'll see yourself doing what that person did. Jesus said, whatsoever you ask in my name is not necessarily the grouping of letters together or the alphabetical, you know, uh, putting this particular A-G-E-S-U-H, uh, uh, the sounding out of those letters phonically, that creates the name of Jesus, but it's the identity of Jesus. It is the, the, the consciousness of Jesus that allows miracles to be done in his name. You could say Jesus all day. Uh, uh, seven sons of Siva said Jesus. But they were talking about a Jesus who Paul preached. They didn't neither have the consciousness nor the identity of Jesus. So they weren't able to do any miracles in his name. Uh, God gave Adam one power when he was talking to Adam. He said, God brought every living thing to Adam to see whatsoever he would call it. And whatsoever Adam called it, that was the name thereof. Because man was made in the image of God. And when in the book of Genesis where they say, uh, God said, let there be light. The literal translation is light be. So God didn't say, let there be light in the way that we think of it. He said, light be. In other words, he named it. He gave it an identity. We're not going to start that right now. But getting back to where we were, he said, light be. And so he named light. And when he named light, he gave it to name something is to give it an identity, to give it a parameter. God made man in his image and he said, these were the parameters of man. Let them have dominion. Those were the parameters of man. And so anytime you give something a name, you have to operate in the parameters of that name, of that identity. Uh, <clears throat> the first thing we notice about Judas is that he was the, the only disciple with two names. He was, he's always identified as Judas Iscariot. Now, we're not talking about Simon, who was surnamed Peter. Neither are we talking about uh, the other disciples like James and John, who were called the sons of thunder. It's a difference between being surnamed and having two actual names. So, 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 so Judas was a split personality. He wasn't someone who... Uh, 
walked in different revelations or walked in a greater uh, ministry or authority. For instance, Simon's name is hearing and hearing produced Peter, which means a rock solid faith. Hearing produced the rock solid faith. But Judas was not surnamed. Judas Iscariot was a double named person. He was a double tongued person. He was a, 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 a the Bible says, uh, the double minded man is unstable in all his ways. So Judas was a person with two names that, that immediately creates a dual consciousness. Because we said that a name represents a consciousness, a, a name represents an identity. And so Judas was someone with a dual consciousness. He was this, but he was also that. He was this, but he was also that. And when we look at Judas, the first part of his name is praise. And, 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 and that's, a, that's a powerful thing. Praise is the Old Testament name. Ju Jesus is from the tribe of Judah, the tribe of praise, the great tribe of praise that would conquer its enemies. It was a wonderful, uh, a, a wonderful tribe. It's the tribe that the Jews come from. The word Jew is just a shortened version of Judah. And Judah means praise. It's interesting because you will always find Judas Iscariot somewhere associated with the capacity, with the facet of praise. He will always be in the praise team. He will always be somewhere around ministry. You will always find Judas. That's his name. That's his identity. He's always going to look for, after, even if he's not necessarily, I'm not saying that Judas is always a singer. I'm not saying that singers are Judas. I'm just saying that he's going to some way, some form, wrap himself around that particular ministry. He's going to be involved in that some way, some form, somehow. He's going to love that. It's going to have a natural affinity towards him. It's his name. He's going to be identified with praise. It's just straight up and down. Uh, usually, and we'll get into this in a minute, uh, but <laughs> we're going to talk about it too. And that's why you see such a homosexual uh, 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 aptitude towards the praise team. They always want to be in front. They always want to uh, occupy a position of praise. This dual nature here, this double-minded man. The second part of Judas's name means Karioth. Iscariot is called, but it's Karioth, which is a city. And in fact, the word means cities. It is a, notice this, it is a feminine, a feminine verb that means cities. So Judas, uh, Judas's name comes from a feminine word that means cities, man of cities. It means man of Karioth or man of cities. The cities is plural. It's not one city, but it's the man of cities. And that word Karioth in the original Hebrew means to encounter. To encounter. 
Now that's an important thing that we, we notice what an encounter is because encounters, I remember there used to be this little chat line. <laughs> Y'all been on that chat line. And what the chat line would offer you, this is before the internet, the chat line would offer you casual encounters. And what they were basically saying is you can have these things, but what was the opposite of an encounter? See, the opposite of an encounter was a relationship, a covenant. But this was not a man of covenant. This was a man of counters, encounters. This was a man of happenstance. This was a man of opportunity. He was an opportunist. Judas, above all people, is a hustler. His name means that he's a city boy. He's a man of the cities, but he's a city boy because it's a feminine name. He's city slick, if you will. I understand that nature. All of my friends were members of this Judas generation. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that uh, 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 as if I haven't bitten at it. You know what I mean? This apple too. This is why the Lord was able to give it to me in such a truth and revelation because it was in me. This hustler nature. This uh, it is a very effeminized nature. If you notice the hustlers, when they get clean, they want to get their nails done and they, they looking like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a very feminine, in essence, nature. In fact, uh, the difference between the city and the country or the city and the court side is in the country, you're always somebody's son. Don't I know you from somebody? Ain't you so-and-so's boy? Ain't you so-and-so's people? Are you kin to so-and-so? I grew up in the city, so I understand that mentality, but I also have family in the deep south in the country and when i went down there they would always say, oh you look like so-and-so so they were trying to find the relationship with which to draw upon but in a city we don't draw upon relationships in a city you draw upon a person's personage personage means their rank what they've accomplished what they've done the relationship doesn't matter you judge them if you're in the if you're in the ghetto. You judge them by what block they're from or by what set they're from. If you if you're a upper echelon, you judge them by what particular uh, car they drive or how they identify themselves, what they've done with their particular, what type of music they listen to, and all these different things. What crowd they're in. All these things that deal with their personage. All these things that deal with their externals and the extensions of their personality, never the relationship, never who their blood is. See, in the country, it's all about who's your blood. Who's your blood? Who's blood? And who's, who's your blood? Who's your family? Your family outweighs what you've done. No matter if you were, you know, a bum from someone, if you was family, you was in and we was going to take care of you. But in the city, it's not like that. And Judas was a man of cities. He was a hustler. That's why Judas was always at the right place at the right time. With the, the Bible says he held the bag. He was the bag holder. What's the common term in, uh, for money and music now? The bag. Everybody's chasing a bag. This is the Judas generation, the bag chasers. We see the nature of Judas come out when, in particularly in two instances, and we're going to talk about both of those instances here. The first instance is when the woman Mary Magdalene, 
anointed Jesus' feet with the oil for his burial. And what Judas says is, why wasn't this sold? <laughs> why wasn't this sold? You know, this is a waste. You ain't got to do all that. Why wasn't this sold and it could have been given to the poor? This he said, the Bible says, not because he cared about the poor, but because he had the bag and he was a thief and took that which was placed in it. The first thing we're going to notice about Jesus is Judas is a middleman. He's a he's a blocker. He's a shortstop. He was trying to find a way to get in between the value and the Christ to whom the value belonged. The value in this case being the uh, expensive ointment, the expensive oil. And he was saying, basically, it don't take all that. Judas is always going to criticize you for your worship. Always. Judas is always going to uh, be the one to talk about your soul. You, it, you know, it doesn't really. Well, if you repent, the Lord will forgive you. He's always going to try to tone down your expression. He's always going to try to tone down your uh, exuberance of worship. Sometimes it takes all that. Sometimes it takes all that. There's many instances in the Bible where there was an outward expression and God blessed the outward expression of the worship because it went to a certain extent. But Judas is always going to try to tone it down. In fact, Judas has a problem with true worship. That's why he's going to just offer in its place the praise team. Judas is not a worshiper. Mary was a worshiper in this instance. The praiser is always going to be the one who has a problem with the worshiper, though. And you're going to see that. You're going to see the fight between the praiser and the worshiper. But we're talking about the generation. This is a generation that has fallen completely away, so we can't even deal with church settings here. Judas is always going to find himself trying to place himself in the middle of situations so he can make a cat, so he can get a dollar. Judas is the middleman. And he's always going to say, well, this should have been done like this in a way that redirects the value system through him. This is what Judas does. This is who Judas is. Judas is a city slicker. Judas is always going to find himself around worship. He's also always going to find himself around women. He's always going to position himself in a female based in, and that's not necessarily saying that he's uh, having sex with the women because a lot of this Judas spirit is responsible for this homosexual spirit. Because as we said before, the Judas generate, the man of Akarath was a feminine term. Iscariot was a feminine term. The man, he's a man of woman. Now, it's nothing wrong with being the, 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 the birth by a woman. 
all men are birthed by a woman. It's wonderful to be birthed by a woman. But if you ever really wanted to curse somebody in the Bible, call them a son of a woman. You see, we, we think that's okay and cool. And we talk about uh, when my mother was my dad too. No. No. Mother comes from the word mater, which means material. Father comes from the word pater, which means pattern. If you have the right pattern, it doesn't matter what the material is that you, you know, created the object out of. I know people who've made, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's prison stories of people who were in prison, they've made keys out of toilet paper. As long as the pattern was right and as long as it fit. You know, people on the street that have made uh, uh, guns out of, you know, rudimentary little daggone uh, rubber bands in a, in a pipe. As long as the pattern is correct, boom, you understand? But if the pattern isn't correct, it doesn't matter what type of material you use. If the pattern isn't correct, it doesn't matter what type of material you use. If the pattern is perfect, you have a broad range of material. You have a broad range of mater. But what we're creating is we're creating men with no patterns. This was a man who was a feminine man. He was a man of women. He was a man completely of material. We are living in a material world and he was a material man. He was a material based man. He was a man of women. You understand? And that's not saying that all women are material, but the Bible says that Eve was deceived. Adam wasn't deceived. It is women who are the, 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 the primary material base who like the nice things, who like the nice, you know, the shiny things. And, and the, men just get those things so that they can attract the women. Used to be. Now men like the shiny, nice things. And to a large degree, I had succumbed to that. I have succumbed to that. I like the nice cars. I like the nice dress. I, I have in many ways adopted you know, the, 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 the trappings of the Judas generation. Let's keep it real. In many ways, God got to check me a lot about acting like a little chump. Yeah, it's, it's not how we act as solid men. This major material, this materialistic, I'm going to sit back and I'm a, you know, it's the pimping mentality. It's what Judas had. He had the pimping mentality. He even had it there over Mary. He wanted to take her worship, her worship. It's interesting that he was, uh, uh, he always had something to say around Mary, who was the prostitute, formerly. He always had a problem with the way she, because, you know, his mentality, she should have been giving that money to him. It was the pimping mentality. We see it. It was the mentality that uses women for their material gains, not the mentality that gets out there and works for theirs. It is the mentality that uses women. We have a mentality like that. Now, a lot of our preachers are, you know, just looking for uh, some hurt, rundown woman to join their, their congregation. And he's looking at her and making merchandise of her instantly. Making merchandise. The Bible says of this sort, you know, of this kind right here, uh, uh, lead captive foolish women, laden with diverse lusts. This is the, the type right here that creep into their houses. This type right here. So he was looking for, he was looking for the woman, not necessarily just to be around them, but because they were the more easily beguiled.
It just is what it is. You find a nice man. He's nice dressed. He's in the church. Oh, he knows the Lord. And that's what Judas represented. And he held the bag. And what he was going to do was to take from you. The Judas generation. It is a generation that's always looking for the next opportunity. The next opportunity. The next hustle. Judas was the one who went out when he betrayed Christ. He went out and consulted with the chief priest. He's always weighing in the balance who has the upper advantage. And that's a dangerous thing because sometimes in the Lord, it's going to appear like you're losing. If you are a person only of this life, if you're only looking at things from the standpoint of this life, it's going to look like you're losing sometime when you serve the Lord. Oh, man, I wouldn't let them do that to me or, you know. Paul said, I am a man who, who, for the cross of Christ, I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. Christ was the spirit, though. The man of material would not make that choice. So when things were going wrong, when we were getting to a point, you notice it was after two points that uh, the Bible talks about Judas going out and consulting with the high priest. One was after he was no longer allowed to receive the monetary value of the worship from the woman. And the second time was when Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. Because in it, And that's the second point we're going to talk about. Resurrection power will always expose Judas. Resurrection power will always expose. Because resurrection power completely takes you out of this life. Resurrection power slays you, believe it or not. Resurrection power slays you. When, when, when Jesus, when the Lord gave up Peter a dream, he told Peter, he said, arise, Peter, kill and eat. And he told him that three times. He gave him the dream with all the creeping things and nasty animals on it. And he told Peter, arise, kill and eat. And Peter later perceived that he was speaking this dream about people. Well, the animals represented people, but what did the instructions represent? The instructions were to kill them. The instructions were to kill them. So the instructions being followed were followed by the preaching of the gospel. Well, how is preaching the gospel killing someone? Because you are separating that person from this realm to the next realm. When I preach the gospel, I bring to you a different realm. I bring to you a different kingdom. I bring to you a completely different consciousness. When you die, you're gonna leave this particular realm. You're gonna leave this consciousness. And you're gonna be opened up to a completely new spiritual consciousness. And to slay you is to separate you from your bodily five sense consciousness into the spirit consciousness. Well, Judas can't go through death. Judas was able to operate under the power of the Holy Ghost. He was able to be around the miracles. He was able to see the miracles and to a degree believe. He had to believe. He had to believe the Bible says that the demons were subject unto the 12 in his name. So Judas believed, but he never separated to that point of death. He never got through the cross. He never believed for resurrection power. That's why when he saw the resurrection of Lazarus, it took him away. 
It scared him. And I, oh, no, 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 no. This, this, for me to believe in this requires a separation from the material world that I am not willing to make. It's not that people don't believe in the wonderful works of God. It's not that people don't got an aunt in that church down the street that they know can heal somebody or that they know that, you know, so-and-so down there is doing it. They know that it would require them to separate from this particular life. We all got an aunt somewhere that know they could pray us through or somebody somewhere that, that, that you know, uh, uh, granddaddy's God was, was real. You know, I got an aunt right now in church in, in, in Savannah, and them people do some real things. But I didn't want to add, I didn't want to approach them. Not because I didn't know that God was real, but because I knew it would separate me. It would kill the man that I am. If I went there, I had to die. A part of me had to die, and Judas didn't want to die. Judas wanted to live in this material world. The Bible says that, uh, who was it? Demons has forsaken me having loved this present world. It's the Judas generation. We sing about it. It's in all of our songs because Judas is praised. Every song is about us being a hustler and us stealing women. It's all Judas was about. That was the sum total of his ministry. The apprehension of the women, the taking of the money, the receiving of praise, especially in the form of music, his name meant that. So I just wanted to share that with y'all, man. I'm going to be sharing more with y'all about it. But this is the Judas generation, and we need to uh, be able to recognize it for what it is in order to overcome it. Because the Judas generation is the generation that betrays. And the Bible says that day, the day of the Lord will not come except there be a great falling away. A great falling away. And many are falling away now. Why? We're not falling. Here's the thing. We're not falling out of the church. The religion is still there. The praise is going on as strong as it's ever been. You know, we, we, we still believe this and believe this and believe that. But we're in the church, but we're now, instead of being rock solid faith or those who lean on Jesus' bosom, now we're entrepreneurs. Now we're trying to mix, we're trying to sell doves in the kingdom of God. Now, now we're trying to uh, uh, divert some of the attention and the worship that should have been going to God to ourselves. Now we're opportunists. And I fight this. I'm saying this because I fight this. I fight this generation. Anytime you're a part of a generation, you're going to have... Uh, uh, uh. The Bible says that he must be made partaker of the same that he could be in all points tempted like we were. Jesus was in all points tempted like we. And so I fight this. I fight. I fight every day. Every day there's a new hustle that I want to get out. I was in. I was a hustler's hustler. I sold everything. I had a couple businesses, and every day there was a new uh, opportunity. AMC is going up over here, and you know I got another idea for a business over here, and I need to get a couple more cars to launch the Toro, and I'll never have to work. It's always something, something making me dip my hand into the dish. 
something making me dip my hand into the bowl with the Lord. While he's trying to do something, I'm trying to put my hand in there too and, and just grab a little bit. We have to recognize and expose this for what it is and fight it. This is the Judas generation. And Judas must die. But Judas too can be redeemed. He can be redeemed by knowing what, because Judas means praise. And Judas can be redeemed by his first name. But he got to be willing to cut off the second. When God dealt with me the hardest in my life, it was all about praise. And God made me a worshiper and doors were open and things were happening because I prayed.